Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Have you had those experiences where you get a new piece of information and suddenly your perspective changes? You thought this person was one way, but now you see that he or she is totally different. You thought that you couldn't do something and just a small shift in your beliefs now feels like you can accomplish so much more or you're avoiding a stressful situation because you're not sure if you can cope with it, or you always want to be happy, and then when you're happy, you're also anxiously waiting the end of the happiness. Sounds familiar? We are all seeing the world through our pair of lenses that have been shaped over time through our beliefs, values, preferences, attitudes, culture, and past experiences. Let me tell you something that happened to me a few years back. I inherited nearsightedness to the point that by 13, I had minus six myopia. I have no idea what that is in 2020, but basically you can't see much. My parents decided, I guess it was them, to get me contact lenses as when you start getting more nearsighted, the difference between regular glasses, which were quite thick back then, and contact lenses in terms of sight was profound. Many people used to think that it was a beautifying thing and that really it was the same as glasses, but the quality of the vision changed dramatically. Until then, I had been wearing glasses only at school, in my classes, when studying at home and when watching television. I was encouraged to do everything else without glasses so that my eyes would not get lazy. And so I never went out in the streets or travel or camping or at night or even during the day with glasses. The day that I got contact lenses, it was winter. Days were shorter, nights came earlier, and it was dark by the time we got home. When I got out of the car with my contact lenses on, I looked at the sky and I was shocked and mesmerized. I could see stars, many of them, and it was so beautiful. It looked like in the movies, and for you, it may sound ridiculous and unreal, but for me... It was a discovery to know that I could see many beautiful pen-like stars hanging in that amazing blue ceiling we call sky. I didn't know we could see them. <laughs> My experience had led me to believe that we could only see them with a telescope, not with a naked eye. And I have never had the need to ask if it was different and if everybody else's reality was different. My frame of reference led me to believe I could not see the stars with my own eyes. Well, technically I can still not see them, but I learned that human beings with normal eyesight and wearing glasses if they don't can see the stars. And why is this relevant? Well, all decisions that we take in life are taken from our frame of reference. This is the thing that I want to talk about today, the frame of reference. All decisions have a reference point that influence our judgment. Almost all decisions we make in our lives are influenced by the context in which they are made, the frame of reference of that decision. And frame of reference in social psychology is defined as the set of assumptions or criteria by which a person or group judges ideas, actions, and experiences. A frame of reference can often limit or distort perception 
as in the case of prejudice and stereotypes. And in my case, it distorted the notion of what I thought we could see with our naked eyes. Our biases represent predispositions to favor a given conclusion over other conclusions. And it is influenced by our learnings, our priorities and inclinations. Therefore, biases contribute to the psychological context of the frame of reference. The stronger the bias, the more likely those biases will dictate the frame of reference for a decision. So think of frame of reference as a pair of glasses that you wear every day that you might change depending on the context and they're only yours. No one else can see through them. If those pair of glasses, for example, let's take an analogy, made everything red invisible, when you went shopping for fruit, you probably will never buy strawberries or cherries or raspberries. In your frame of reference, you will not experience those fruits. They will not exist and you will not understand when people talk about those fruits. Frame of reference play a large role in our decision making. That's why it's so important. It's important to recognize how changes to a frame of reference can alter the conclusions we reach and that can help us better understand not only our own decision-making, but also the decision-making of others. It's not uncommon, for example, for us to apply our own frame of reference when evaluating the decisions made by others. Going back to the colorblind glasses, how can you understand how amazing raspberries are when they don't exist in your world? This is not necessarily a problem, okay, so you don't use strawberries or raspberries, but it can be, and it can lead to judgment about other people's decisions, other people's comments, other people's opinions. We can see these when people from one generation apply their frame of reference to judge the decisions of another generations, or we can see it in all the polarizing ideas that are clashing today. The frame of reference everyone uses can be incomplete, rely on assumptions made about the situation, the culture, or the information is ambiguous or unclear. The thing is that many of us are not even aware that we have a frame of reference, not that we have it or which one it is. Like the fish in the water that does not know what water is. It's in the water, it doesn't see it, it's in there. And it should be so obvious and sometimes it's obvious to everybody else, but not to you. This is what it's called, as Mark Divine shares in his book, The Way of the Seal, Boo. And we're not talking about scaring someone or showing disapproval. The meaning he uses, B-O-O, -O, Boo, is background of obviousness. So obvious that you don't even know about it. And on top of that, it is a choice. Yes, it's a choice. Everything that you think, you feel, your dreams, your nightmares, they're all reflection of your frame of reference. And that frame of reference has been created over your lifetime. More often than not, through invisible moments, small moments, moments of trauma, teachings through your culture, your surrounding, influential people around you. Consciously or unconsciously, you are making decisions about what is true about the world. And in many instances, it is confused with objective truth. So you may not realize that you actually decided that this is how the world is. This is how the world works and functions in a particular moment based on the experiences of that moment, on your beliefs, on your values, your cultural background, preferences and attitudes. So you are carrying a distorted glass that you don't even know you have on. And going back to my example, 
in my frame of reference, I couldn't see the stars, but seeing the stars didn't really affect my day-to-day -day life. It was amazing and beautiful to see them, but it didn't affect me in many other ways. So why should we care about this frame of reference? Because we do have frame of reference in all areas of our lives and in other areas, it can affect your work, your relationships, your goal setting, your finances, your progress, how you deal with your hardships. If in your frame of reference, you believe that people like you cannot do something, you won't do it. And this frame of reference does not serve you. So the first thing is to acknowledge that we all have frames of reference and to start noticing them, yours, taking note of your beliefs about yourself and life in general, taking note of those things that you repeat yourself to yourself over and over. One of the things that affect a lot also our frame of reference is caring too much about what other people think. So you can ask yourself, what would this look like if I actually didn't care what they thought? And how differently would I move and would I act? What would my life look like if I didn't worry about social media, people's thoughts, my parents' thoughts? How would my life change? Your frame of reference is like the frame of a picture. You have a picture inside a frame that explains how the world works. And you will go to that picture every time you have to make a decision. So you want a good management when you are framing experiences so that your frame of reference gets better as you go along. So ask yourself, what are you going to choose and take away from this experience? Have hygiene around the stories that you allow yourself to repeat. Think about what you repeat yourself. What are you saying over and over? Track the things that you say over and over. You cannot change, improve, or manage that which you don't know about. Frames of reference can be of positive or negative nature. And that really means that they're either helpful within the context you're using it or they're unhelpful. They either expand your opportunities and the possibilities of the situation or they limit your options to move forward. So they are appropriate or inappropriate, good or bad, depending on the objective you have in mind. Your frame of reference provides you with the context in which you can assess your progress. This can be helpful, but at the same time, unhelpful. It is helpful because it allows you to unlock new opportunities and explore other possibilities that might be advantageous. However, it can be unhelpful if your frames are built upon your limiting beliefs. So how do we change these frames? We're going to use the reframing tool. Reframing is a linguistic tool used to consciously change your unuseful frames to help support your desired goals, beliefs, and behaviors. Reframing does this by interrupting your old and helpful thought patterns with new interpretations and perspectives of reality that are more helpful and supportive of your desired objectives. We're going to look for the useful ways to attach meaning to a situation, a useful meaning which moves you toward your goals. So first, of course, you need to define your goals and they should be exciting and honorable, meaning that they elevate you and they elevate those around you. Be honest with yourself. See the situation as it is and not worse or being completely blind. 
reframe so that you're acting honorably. And if you need a kick in the ass, make it so that it should only be enough to get you moving towards your goals, but not so hard or so frequent that it begins to diminish your sense of self. We don't want to become delusional. So it's a balance between being optimistic and realistic. And I talk about this in episode 48. Listen to that episode. Ask whether something that you tell yourself is helping you move toward your goals. Because if it is a complete lie and you're being way too optimistic or unreal, it won't move you forwards because you're not going to believe it. But if it's too pessimistic, it's going to make you less confident to take the necessary steps. So it's a fine balance between realistic and optimistic. So for example, you made a huge shift in your career and you're starting again after years in another job. You can tell yourself, I failed in my career path and found my passion too late. It will take me too much time and everyone is ahead of me. These all can be true, but true can also be my career path has led me to this point where I found my passion and now I'm ready and stoked about this new path that I know I need to pull all my energy into so that I can be on a par with those that have been in this field longer than me. I have a lot to learn, but I'm truly passionate about this. Of course, which one do you think will help you move easier towards your goals? Probably the second story. So be careful and have a good hygiene about what you tell yourself. What is the frame of reference you create? And if it's not helping, you got to change it. So reframing is defined as a process of reconceptualizing a problem by seeing it from a different perspective, altering the conceptual or emotional context of a problem often serves to alter the perceptions of the problem's difficulty and to open up possibilities for solving it. In coaching, for example, the manner in which a client initially frames a problem may be self-defeating. Part of the coach's work might be to assist in reframing the problem and the thoughts or feelings that the client associates with it, so to have alternative ways to see it and confront it. From my past guests, we can find numerous examples of changing the frame of reference. For example, with my guest Elisa, Elisa Dorrego, she's the one that is a surgeon of horses. In the mind of the people surrounding her, becoming a veterinarian was hard, specializing horses even more, and a surgeon of horses even more hard. She did not listen to other people's frames of reference, which doesn't mean it had an impact on her, but she chose not to let that stop her in her dreams. And now she's a surgeon of horses and the director of a hospital specializing in horses. J.B. Owen had a frame of reference where single mothers needed help and couldn't do too well financially or they could lose their financial help and get themselves into trouble. One day she quit that frame of reference and decided she deserved more and could support herself all on her own. She is now an amazing company, excelling at what she does and living the life she wants and inspiring many. Valeria worked on reframing her health challenges and changed the meaning of her pain. And instead of seeing it as a setback, she then set the following meaning, pain means for her now that her body is healing and needs to readjust to this new stage of recovery. That's a powerful reframe. 
Buju Perez from Buju Shoes frequently checks her frame of reference with herself, her husband, and her team and looks for new possibilities to expand her business. So now she's asking, well, what does it mean to sell shoes in the metaverse? And she's changing completely the frame of reference on selling shoes. A few years back, I used this reframing tool for myself for a tragic family event. My elder brother passed away when he was 48 of a sudden heart attack. It was totally unexpected for everyone and really devastating since on top of everything, he had two children, one only with eight years old. I remember the day my other brother gave me the call. I had landed very late the night before from a, an eventful trip uh, to Belarus and we were exhausted. My brother called me at 10 a.m. and I was still asleep. I pick up the phone and, and he was crying. I could not understand a word and I I got really scared because I, I, I've never seen my brother like that. I woke up instantly and I was trying to make up what he was saying and I was hoping that nothing had happened to my parents and honestly he has a dog and I was hoping that something had happened to his dog. It never crossed my mind that it was something about my brother especially now that he had suddenly died. It was devastating and I remember just crying uncontrollably and for the next weeks of course going back home and dealing with all the circumstances and I was angry. I was very angry. I was mad, mad at the world and mad at specific people. I was looking to point the finger at people around me and I was angry. I was angry for a long time and I had already lost another sibling. So I knew I needed to work on this and I knew I needed to find a way to find a meaning that will make this more bearable. It doesn't mean to change the meaning or to not see the things the way they happen, but just to find a meaning that will make the pain, that will lessen the pain, really. And it took me eight months. I knew that I had to find something related with gratitude, that gratitude about having my brother will really make this more bearable. But it took me eight months to find the question that would lead me to that peace. And what I said to myself is, I actually went for the negative, for the opposite. How would life have been only being two of us instead of four? And then it brought all the joy as a kid, being with my sister, with my older brother, all the times we played, all the trips we make, all the fights we had. And I could then focus on gratitude. And, you know, this is so personal for everyone to find their own sentence, their own question, their own way of seeing things so that it's not going to change the fact that my brother died. It's not going to change the fact that it was painful and that it still feels painful in some ways. But I now focus on that piece of gratitude, on knowing that I had a great time while we were four and then three. And now I'm going to join the two of us. So everyone can reframe it's not always easy, but it's always possible and it will make your life so much better. You can reframe emotions. Anger can mean that you have determination. Fear can mean that you're alert and ready to start. Doubt can mean that you're curious and starting something new and exciting. Reframing is very much like changing a picture in a picture frame. The frame hasn't changed. However, the picture within the frame is different. The situation hasn't changed. However, your view of the situation 
is different. You are therefore not changing the situation, but rather changing the view, your view of the situation to a more helpful and optimal way. We can say that there are reframes of two types, content reframe and context reframe. A content reframe shifts the meaning of the behavior. The same situation can have a positive, negative, or a different meaning. And you choose to which content are you going to put your focus. Whenever you take a situation and give it a specific meaning, that is when you're using content. For example, making a mistake while giving a public performance means that I am hopeless, a hopeless dancer, a hopeless performer, a hopeless public speaker. You have given a meaning to your mistake by indicating that because of this mistake, you're going to be forever defined as filling the blanks. In such instances, it is helpful for you to ask what might be helpful or useful about this experience. What other meanings could I give to this, in this case, mistake? What could I potentially learn from the mistake I made? What did I do well? What is positive about this situation? This questioning process encourages you to consider also the positive aspects of your behavior to help you, encourage you to change the way you view this thing or this situation, this experience. A context reframe shifts the interpretation and or the perception of the behavior depending on the context. This is helpful because almost all behaviors are useful or appropriate in some context. One behavior can be acceptable in one context and cannot be acceptable or appropriate in another one. For instance, talking very loud may not be appropriate at the library, however, it's more appropriate at a noisy street in Spain it's more common in other countries, it's not so common. Let's say that you make the assumption that some of the behaviors you indulge in are not appropriate. Say for instance, that you consider yourself too pushy. You tend to be quite assertive and did it with other people in order to ensure that you get what you want. Now, in certain contexts, this can be inappropriate. However, in other can be very, very helpful. This happened to some of my clients that are leaders and when they come back to their homes, they also want to lead a little bit too much to their whole family and it can cause conflicts. When faced with such dilemma, you can ask yourself, in what context could this behavior be appropriate? In what context could this behavior be useful? In what context could this behavior potentially serve me? In what way could this be viewed as resourceful? How has this behavior helped me in the past? What other behavior can be helpful in this context? Being assertive and pushy may not be appropriate while at home with kids. However, being assertive can be very helpful and appropriate in problems at work. The important point is that there is no right or wrong. This is not about this or that behavior. What is unhelpful and hurtful in one context can be very useful and helpful in another context. So reframe things in order to take all possibilities into consideration. Don't discount something that looks negative because it might be positive in some situations. Reframing is powerful and we can use it anytime to empower us, to heal us, to move us, to propel us towards our goals, our path, our purpose, our dreams. 
This is very closely related to what is called psychological flexibility. Psychological flexibility reflects how well we can accommodate changing situation demands, how well we can balance different life domains, various goals and desires. And it's also about the ability to see things from different perspectives and to choose the most helpful point of view. Basically, it's about not getting stuck in our ways and being able to adapt to the ever-changing reality of life. So, observe a situation, take note of what would our normal response be and evaluate what the best response could be and adapt your thinking and behavior to this situation. And what is the opposite of being flexible? Well, being inflexible. And what can help us reframe and being flexible? Well, when you are swimming in water, how can you know about water? When you don't see the stars like me, how can you know to ask about stars? Well, we can find the answer in the tool used by most children in the world. Curiosity. Curiosity, that's such a powerful trait. When you try new things, you talk to different people, you travel, see different ways of living, your own frames get more exposed and you can see them more clearly and decide if you want to keep them or if you want to change them. According to Todd Kajdan, one of the world's top experts on the psychology of well-being, psychological strength, mental agility, and social relationships, curiosity leads to a multitude of life-fulfilling benefits. One is really helpful for managing anxiety. It's an antidote to defensiveness reactions when threatened. It's a precursor to innovation in the workplace, far more than mindfulness. It's a protective factor serving as a source of resilience when exposed to negative life events and stressors and a muscle to develop psychological flexibility, which we will explain later. Curiosity gets you started and then be comfortable in the uncomfortable. That way you give yourself the chance to experiment new things without running quickly back to your old frame of reference. Meditation is also really helpful. Creating the silence in your life to listen to yourself and shut off the noise around you so you can construct your own frames of reference and not adopt or borrow everyone else's. Studies show that the more flexible we are, the easier it is for us to adapt to a new reality. And as I was discussing with a client yesterday, we don't want to confuse flexibility and acceptance with resignation. They're not the same. It's about merely managing what is in our control and adapting to whatever is not. Flexibility helps us navigate change better and cope with stress in a more adaptive manner. So when faced with a problem or a not so useful state of mind, you can look at different reframes, different ways of reframing. You can change the perspective of time, reframe the time frame. How can you make this more urgent or how can you make this less urgent? You can change the meaning of the experience, the situation, the behavior. This goes back to the content reframe. What other meaning can I give to this situation? You can also create an analogy that can help you confront this situation when something is very difficult. Sometimes we can create something similar, an analogy, a metaphor, and then from there work on it. What does this situation look like? And then use that analogy as a reframe. 
you can create a counterexample. Look for opposite, negation of something, the complete opposite. This is kind of what I use in my example of the death of my brother, where I look how was the opposite situation of not having him. Look for positive intention. What positive meaning can this have? You can reframe the importance of something. Focusing on what is important in this moment can help you step back and reframe the situation. You can create choices and possibilities. What other options could there be? What other options have I not considered? What other options would so-and-so consider? You can create a new perspective. What would another person that you admire, for example, do? You take on the perspective on a, of another person. You can also choose to learn something. Choosing to learn something can shift your feelings into something more positive and reframe this experience as something that make you grow. Make fun of it. Sometimes the best option is to make fun of yourself or the situation or paint it in a funny way to relax and open your mind to seeing things in a different way. As you see, there's not one way to reframe and it varies per person and situation. And we do it anyway unconsciously. So why not learn to do it consciously and use it for your own good to move you forward? So wrapping up, let's make a little summary. We have talked about what frame of reference is called also boo. How to use curiosity to gain awareness of your own frames of reference and get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Be vigilant of what you allow yourself to repeat over and over, finding the balance between being realistic and optimistic. And we talk about reframing, also related to psychological flexibility. The two types of reframes, content and context. And now, summarizing how to reframe a thought. First, identify the problem. If you don't know that there is a problem, you're never going to be able to do anything about it. So identify the problem, the state or the limiting behavior that you have difficulty with. Observe yourself. Meditate helps here. Meditation helps here. And ask yourself, what problem am I facing? What unhelpful behavior am I indulging in? What limiting state of mind am I experiencing? Challenge your frame of reference. Here you can go through the different type of reframings that we were talking about before and go through all your assumptions and beliefs. You can ask questions like, what is useful about how am I currently framing this? What is unhelpful about the assumptions I'm making? What are the assumptions that I'm making? What is unhelpful about the way that I'm seeing this? Is there any evidence that goes against these assumptions? Am I using any knowledge that could be challenged? How else could I interpret this experience? What else could this possibly mean? How could that be helpful? We start reframing, remembering the balance between being optimistic and realistic. And last but not least, make sure the new frame serves you and accomplishes or brings you closer to your goal. Test it. Make sure that you have a new feeling from that new frame. I leave you with a quote from Harold Ramis. And the quote says like this, I look for the meaning in what's funny. And I look for what's funny about things that are meaningful to me.
And as Reva McIntyre says, to succeed in life, you only need three things. A wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. <laughs> Thank you for this shared time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hope you're getting tremendous value from it. We'd love to hear from you. And as many of you want to support this podcast in many ways, we created a Patreon account where you can support the podcast at three levels. I always leave the link in the notes of the episode, but you can find it at patreon.com forward slash change maker. This will help us bring more team members and be able to devote more time to what we are best at. And to support this podcast at zero cost, please subscribe in any or all of, all of the platforms of your choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Google Podcasts, Deeper, etc., etc. And you can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and five stars if you think we deserve it. A huge hug and kisses to you, change makers. See you soon. Yeah.